everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri, reunited with Dakota Lasky. Dak, how you doing, dude? Oh, fantastic. I'm uh, living the dream out here. But yeah, it's good to, good to be on the show. Good to be uh, chilling with y'all. And yeah. yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, and for the first time, we have a member of our uh, Omega Metroid team who is uh, responsible for a lot of great articles that you read on the site. Uh, you may know him as the Accursed Hunter. We know him as Big Griffin only. How you doing, dude? It feels like a long time coming to finally get you on the pod with us. Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh, usually just work schedules never the same from one week to the next. But I know. finally, everything is aligned perfectly on quite the topic it is aligned for today. Yeah, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in the background, uh, Big Griff has a couple cool statues there. I spot Light Suit Samus. I spot the new uh, uh, first four figures Samus helmet. What else do we got behind there, Griff? There's the Various Suit Prime 2 um statue back there and more to the right of the helmet would be the big meta ridley statue that whose wings glow in the dark Ooh. just barely dak you have that one too don't you i do have that as well yes i think we're nice. the do you have that andy or are you, you know i actually i don't have any first four figure statues uh, and i don't know i don't know it's just it, it was always something um that i was just like ah, i don't know if i want to spend that kind of money which is strange because i have like a ton of amiibo and stuff like that so i don't know if it's like that those are like smaller and thus cheaper but like i buy a lot of them so it probably adds up to the cost of like one first four figure um but yeah I, I don't have any which i feel like i should because there's a ton of metroid ones there's a ton of zelda ones and i mean like that's kind of my deal so yeah you guys have definitely have a leg up on me i don't know if your wallet will survive getting all of them uh, yeah dude i, I don't know if my wallet will survive getting one of them let alone all of them so uh I've actually also got a like the Prime One gunship statue over in the far corner, but it's not quite as big as the mm. other statues. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty sick. Actually, that's that's an amiibo I wish that they would make is Samus's gunship. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, we are we are here today to uh, celebrate a monumental date, and uh, it's not quite it's not quite day to day, but it, we are celebrating the one year anniversary of Metroid Dread, arguably. The biggest Metroid title ever, uh, arguably, and, and, and in some ways, perhaps the most important Metroid title ever. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we're gonna dive into everything Metroid Dread and where we were and how our thoughts are and stuff like that. But before we get there, I do want to point out one thing or announce, I guess, one thing, and that, my friends, is that if you love Omega Metroid and you want to rock Omega Metroid and show off Omega Metroid to your friends. You are in luck because launching this week is the official Omega Metroid merch store. And uh, I launched it a couple a couple weeks ago now, actually, and ordered a, uh, a t-shirt in the mail just to make sure that like they didn't suck or anything like that. And I'm happy to report that they are good quality. Uh, they don't shrink when you wash them. The logo doesn't fade off when you wash them or anything like that. There's a tons, tons of different colors that you can get. Um, me and my wife both picked up some Omega Metroid swag, and now you will have the opportunity to do that as well uh, when that launches this week. I priced everything as literally dirt cheap as I can, just to, just to you know try and pass that on to everybody. So essentially, what is there is at cost. So yeah, that's going to be uh, coming up pretty soon. It's going to be kind of a cool way to to show your love for Omega Metroid or the pod or anything like that. So uh, excited about that, and um, we will have some more designs and stuff like that as we continue uh and, and you know as we go forward uh, if you have any suggestions any 
any catchphrases or favorite uh, favorite lines or whatever that you've heard us say on the pod, let me know. I'm always looking for for new designs. But yeah, that's launching this week, so that's very cool. I've been working on that for a while. That was actually a Patreon incentive, so we've reached that. So I now have to think of another one. Um, so yeah, kind of cool. Very nice. I am looking forward to the Omega Metroid hockey jersey, yes. which <laughs> I, I hope happens eventually, but I'll be picking that up. But yeah, definitely go check that out. And Look at that. We've come so far that now we have our own apparel. Yeah. You, you need some giant hat that's just a Metroid. <laughs> on your head. Um, you know, I didn't see the hockey jersey option on, on uh, Teespring, unfortunately, but that yeah. would be pretty awesome. I can imagine it actually looks a lot like a Calgary Flames jersey, black and red and whatever. Mm. Um, anyways, let's talk about Metroid Dread, fellas. And uh, so Dak and I have had the opportunity to, you know, to talk about Metro Dread and talk, and we were there when it was announced. We did a show that day. Um, but Griff, maybe I thought that uh, we could start with you and just kind of walk us through like your initial reaction, your, you know, your moment when you were just like, this is real. And not only is there a new, because there were rumors of a new 2D Metroid game, but like, when it when it was announced as like Metroid Dread, I just thought that that was like absolutely huge. It, it seemed like incomprehensible that this game from 10, 15 years earlier was was being made. So tell us about like where you were, what what was going through your head when that announcement uh, dropped at E3. Well, I had work like right after the direct ended, so luckily I was able to watch the whole thing. There wasn't any work network snafus because back in E3 2017, when Prime Four got announced. My internet went out, so I kind of oh, missed that one. Rip. Although a friend of mine messaged me on Facebook. I was like, point four, point four. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I saw, whoa. But anyway, for Dread, I saw it. Although, because I'm a part of the, I hear all sorts of stuff on the internet. But I've heard, it's like, oh, they're finally going to announce Metroid Dread at E3. And I'm like, I hope so. But I mean, then again, the last time, there's a, like, at E3 2017, there was rumors of a 2D and 3D Metroid would be, like, two Metroid games will be announced there. And no one believed it until it actually happened. So I'm like, is it? Maybe. Maybe it's time. Because I always thought that a Metroid 5 would eventually happen. Because, you know, they can't keep Fusion at the end of the timeline forever. Right? Hopefully. Wow. It felt like but, forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nearly two decades. But when it finally dropped, it was it was amazing. Like, the, the power suit of the design, it's, it just jived with everybody. Because by the end of that one day, there was like 80 plus quality drawings of fan art on Twitter. It was r- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And just the action looked ridiculously fluid. The graphics looked great. There, the, there was a Chozo in the trailer for the first, like for like a second, and that blew me away. Like, there's actually gonna be Chozo in this game finally after all these years, along with everything. Like, I just I couldn't believe it. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I, I actually I, I think that what you what you said there was something that I really remember from that game, and I was working that direct for Zelda Dungeon because we we knew that. Um, Breath of the Wild 2, which is now Tears of the Kingdom, is going to be there. And uh, this trailer is so much better than the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer that we got that day. <laughs> the Dread trailer such a reveal, hater. That, that Dread Reveal trailer was perfect. It was awesome. Like, like, Metroid 5, not in the game at all, but if you knew, you knew. Because plenty of people are like, Metroid 5, oh, what's going on? But everyone well, I think knew, they even just... said Metroid 5 in the trailer, right? Yeah, it was in the trailer, yeah, but not the actual yeah. game. So some people were confused, but everyone who knew was going ballistic at that point. So I remember... Um, watching that trailer, and the thing that stuck out to me the most was Samus's power suit and how it was like different than than anything that we had seen before. It actually kind of reminded me way back when 
of when the first Breath of the Wild trailer came out and Link was in his, like, blue tunic and not, like, the usual green. Kind of, like, signified a shift away from, you know, everything that that series had been doing before. And while I wouldn't necessarily say that Dread was, like, a complete shift away from what 2D Metroid had been doing before that, it was just, like, something very unique and, like, visceral that, that made it stand out. And then um, just seeing the Emmys and, and the, the tone that that trailer set, I think that was one of probably the best Metroid trailers I've ever seen, maybe the best. And just like, yeah, I remember um, a lot of people were absolutely stoked that it came out in October that year, but you could have made that trailer and announced it for like the next year. And I just think that like seeing Metroid Dread alive and like a thing was so unbelievable to me that I just, I will like literally never forget that. I was like screaming to a bunch of, Zelda Dungeon employees over Discord. It was it was an incredible moment. Like it was it was definitely one of those moments where like, um, you you go back and you immediately rewatch the trailer like over and over and over again. You know, which is that doesn't happen very often these days for me. So I was really excited to have a game. I mean, I was I was with my boy Dre in my room and we just popped off for that. Um, yeah, it was definitely something that like it was very a very visceral of like oh I haven't. I can't believe this is actually happening. It's almost it was almost like I didn't know what to do it myself because there've been so much <laughs> anticipation and so much like oh like it's like is it going to happen it's not going to happen. And then when it actually happens you're like oh wow. Like that's actually a feeling I didn't think I would ever have. Yeah, definitely a surreal experience. And it's on the treehouse later which was incredible to see yeah. large yeah. sections of the game in action. And the, along with the development history video where they actually went in depth. So it's just like they're actually telling us this stuff. Huh. Yeah. Like, I wonder what, when are we going to get the Prime 4 development history video? I'd really love to see that. I don't that. think we'll ever get that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be like an eight-part Netflix documentary, I think, one day. Uh, but yeah, that, that's like a great point, actually, because I, I remember like after that initial trailer came out, and it was it was littered with like cool things. You mentioned the Chozo, like that was awesome and stuff like that. But like even like in the in the road up to Metroid Dread, it, it definitely felt a lot different from previous Metroid titles. Um, you know, we, we had the extensive Trios gameplay, we had the Sakamoto Diaries, we had the development history, we had, like, the recaps and stuff. It kind of finally felt like, alright, like, we're, we're all in on this Metroid Dread game. And, like, even that was very unfamiliar territory for a Metroid game. So, yeah, just, like, the whole, the, the reveal was, like, one of the absolute most incredible things that I've seen in, uh, in a Metroid, in my Metroid fandom. And then the road to it was incredible too. Just, you know, the second trailer that came out where you had Kraid and you had Ravenbeak and just like that incredible fight between them. It was like so unbelievable. And and it really made Metro Dread feel like a, a huge deal, especially when, you know, as we were told, this was the, the conclusion to the 2D Metroid series. But, I mean, we can, and we can talk about that story-wise later. I know that didn't necessarily land for everybody, but it did feel like to me, like this was a big deal. This was a big thing. Um, you know, it, it was like a big moment in Metroid. So I will like literally never forget where I was when that, uh, when that trailer came off. Um, I have a, I have a question real quick since you brought it up for the both of you, because you brought up the trailer where Kraid and Ravenbeak are shown. And I remember that was a big point of contention of did, yes. should they have shown Kraid before the game came out or should they have kept it a secret? I remember that was that was pretty divisive. I remember both sides being very like, you know, oh, it, they had to show Kraid because that's what gets people into the game, right? Like see, showing that off and like maybe lapsed Metroid fans might see that and be like, oh, check mm. that out. And then a lot of other people were like, 
I would have rather been surprised while playing the game to see Kraid. And I was, I would say, I personally, I thought both sides had really good points to make there. I did think it was a great selling point to have Kraid come back like that, but how awesome would it have been if it was a surprise? So I'm curious, now that we are kind of, I mean, a, over a year removed from that trailer, right? and I'll, th- I'll throw it to 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 you and actually i'll throw it to yeah, griff, let's you throw first. To griff first I'm, i want to hear what you what you have to say on this what do you think a year later do you think it was the right move to show Craig before the game came out should it have state of surprise or you think um you know no it was good that they showed it beforehand i mean personally i say it was a bit too much to show Craig, but i've seen also other people that are like i like it's like a streamer for like good vibes gaming on youtube where one of the guests missay was like i saw the reveal trailer for dread it looked cool but it wasn't quite enough to convince me to get the game then I heard people complain about the second trailer, and then I'm like, what are they complaining about? Let's watch it. And then after watching the trailer, she was convinced to get the game because it looked really cool to her. Mm. So some people like Metroid Paris, like me, seeing Kraid in the trailer got me hyped. But then again, I also would have preferred to see it in the game myself. And then there's also the fact that for me personally, again, when Ravenbeak showed up, the fact that there's some chosen warrior that can apparently defeat Samus, that to me kind of overshadowed the Emmy in importance. Because I'm like, I don't care about these robots. Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, like I, I kind of, the Emmys uh, have their presence and they work pretty well, but it's just for some people, like it's like some things overshadowed the other. Yeah, I I kind of agree with uh, with what you said, Dak. Originally, like I I think I can understand the point of view where it's like I I wish that Kraid would have been kept a surprise. Um, I guess my my own thing was like I don't think that it's a spoiler because. A, it has no context on. Oh, it's the story definitely a spoiler. It's definitely a spoiler. I don't yeah. think it, it like because it, it spoils the surprise. That's what it means, you know. Like you it doesn't have to be close to the story. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. In my my definition of of a spoiler to me would be like, all right, is is Kraid being in this game important to the story? Is it important to the narrative? It wasn't really. So I, I guess I was okay with that. I mean, to me, it just got me excited to see Kraid back, right? Because like. And I think that a lot of people watching that trailer probably didn't know who Kraid was. And, like, there's a lot... We can't underestimate how many new Metroid fans probably played this game not really knowing the the big history of Metroid. And if they did know Metroid, they probably knew, like, the Ridley or Dark Samus from Smash or whatever, right? So, I don't think that a ton of people knew who Kraid was. I I can understand why some people would have been disappointed that Kraid was shown in the trailer. Um, It probably would have been easy enough to show, like, another monster or something like that that you can fight. Um, but I, to me, I was just like, all right, let's go. Like, this looks awesome. So if spoiling Kraid was what caught if spoiling Kraid got a lot of new people to play the game, then it was a worthy sacrifice. I I, see. I agree with that, but I'm not convinced that it did do that. And I actually think that it would have been better staying a surprise because people who are like people who are excited to see Kraid in that trailer are, I would say they were going to buy this game anyway. They were going to buy the game anyway. And I think people who don't know who Kraid is, I don't necessarily think they were convinced because Kraid was in the game. It was because they saw a cool trailer, which yeah. could have not had Kraid in it and could have still been cool. Um, so I, I would have rather it stay a surprise. I think I was on the other side of the fence when it first happened. I was like, mm-hmm, you know what? Yeah. Kraid's, a, Kraid's a selling point. <laughs> but saying that back makes me laugh because I don't think he is. But it was really dope. And like it made me more confident as a fan. Like, oh, this game's going to be cool. But I was going to get it anyway. So... Ultimately, I think that would have been a. Re- I think it would have made that part of the game way more memorable if Kraid all of a sudden showed up. Because mm-hmm. now, when we think back to that experience, we think more of the trailer that revealed it rather than the game experience that revealed it. So, I, I, I think nowadays, I think it was a mistake 
to reveal them first. Well, I have something too, maybe a, a thought here, is that um, I wasn't uh, I wasn't really upset by it because I kind of thought, and Dak, you were like the proponent of this, and I thought it made a lot of sense, that there is going to be like an Emmy Ridley or something in this game. So I was like, oh, yeah. I think Ridley is going to come back in some form or fashion. So like if they show Kraid, that's okay. Don't show the Emmy Ridley because that will be pretty cool. Uh, which obviously, you know, none of that happened. But uh, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, like Kraid, you're right. I don't think he sold the game to like to any fans. Like everyone who, who recognized Kraid was going to buy this game anyways, I think. Um, but I, I don't think that it like ruined anything for me. Like I, I was looking forward to the fight rather than like, yeah, oh my God, no, it's Kraid, right. you know? Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right there. I just I but, I think it would have been so cool to find out. Yeah, I, I can I, I can I absolutely see like why someone would be like, oh man, like why do you got to show Craig? You know? Yeah. Um. So I, I yeah I, I think that both sides there, um, are are definitely valid and definitely have a point. Uh, let's talk about the actual game itself. So the game comes out October eighth, twenty twenty one. Very short window from the E three to uh to the game release, which I think. Sometimes does a game justice and sometimes doesn't. I think Metroid Dread did just fine with the shorter window because um, they did a Nintendo did a really good job of like marketing the game and, and building up a lot of anticipation in a short time. I think um, so. This game comes out and like I said earlier, I I think that you could make the argument that this is probably the most important, let's say, two D game since Super Metroid, just in terms of like how the franchise like progresses and the mechanics and stuff like that. And maybe like one of the most uh, just overall important games in the series since the original Metroid prime. So much of what this game did, I think is going to stay in the series and be like a staple going forward uh, from now on. And there's like, you know, so many new abilities, so many new moves, so many just uh, the whole package. I feel like is, is just such a, like a step forward. And we kind of saw, we kind of saw the, the seeds of this with Samus Returns. I think that that was kind of like a, the foundation for a lot of what Metro Dread did. But like, I feel like Dread just really took that next step and took it to the next level. Um, and I guess I, I wanted to talk about a couple of different things here. And I guess that we could talk about the, maybe like the abilities and stuff like that uh, first. I think that it's, you know, we've kind of joked about it on the pod before, but like, it's such a simple thing. But the ability to slide, man, that was a game changer. Like, it, it, it literally, like, changed how you play Metroid. And, like, it, it really eliminated your reliance on the Morph Ball. And I think that how can you not have that going forward in any kind of 2D Metroid, right? Slide, to me, is the kind of thing where it's like, duh, of course. It's an obvious thing that Samus could probably do. And it, like, not just in movement, but also for combat and exploration. It's a multifaceted, very useful ability to have. And I would hope that it's not just in 2D Metroid, but, I mean... First-person shooters for Prime, that could, that sliding's an FPS standard now at this point. So Yeah, I don't know. fair enough. Yeah, I think this is something that needed to happen earlier. I think Samus Returns probably should have had this. And it just, it takes away one part of, like, one thing I think maybe might have turned some people off to Metroid over the years was sometimes Metroid, especially 2D Metroid, can feel kind of clunky. Like even the older games can like like if you know how unless you know how to do you know cool tricks with like the speed boost or the shine spark like the game can feel clunky if you're and when you just pick up the game it there's a lot of us there's a lot of stop and go to the action in Metroid and even the movement and obviously one of the big things is like running stopping going into morph ball form 
going forward in the Morph Ball form. So taking away that's a little bit of the stop and go for Metroid, I think really not just opens up the game, but actually makes it more accessible to people because the slide is very intuitive. So I was happy to see that. And yeah, I think it makes for a more fun experience. So I'm glad it came through. I think it could have came through earlier, but I mean, how many opportunities has Metroid had to reinvent itself lately? Not many. So no, <laughs> um, like not many at all. Mor- the fact that there's an instant morph ball button is automatically just a blessing. Because I was going to say, just, yeah, yeah that's, that's a great point. Yes. Yeah, it was in Sam's Returns by touching the touch screen, which can be very or kind of a pain sometimes to try to do the claw maneuver to, yeah. to go into Morph Ball real quick. And even in the Prime games, it takes a bit too long to go from standing to Morph Ball and back again. So you only really use Morph Ball when you absolutely have to, as opposed yeah. to now you can, just, you can slide or morph. And just, especially with speed booster tricks, oh my lord. Yeah, you know, and that's a that's a great, that, that's one thing I wanted to talk about, actually. I might as well talk about it now. It's like, I feel like Dread really kind of, like optimized the controls and, and kind of got rid of like like you said kind of the clunkiness like you know super metroid is one of my favorite games of all time but like you kind of you got to stop press down twice to get into morph ball mode whereas in dread you can slide and instantly go into morph ball if you're in a tunnel or instantly turn into morph ball and like it doesn't sound like a big deal but it really is just like a very very nice transition um the flash shift you know just being able to tap a button and kind of go and, and move and, and like I, I think what it really boils down to is like Metroid Dread really keeps you moving and really kind of wants to carry your momentum over from screen to screen because like yeah, yeah. I, I think that in typical Metroid games like you when you first play them it's usually kind of a slower pace like experience like you're stopping you're scanning you're looking you're you're trying to find little hidden cracks but like as you play that game more you can get really fast at it like Super Metroid you could be really fast at that game or Metroid Prime and um Metro Dread, I feel like you could just be really fast in general without having to kind of slow down and, and look if you if you don't want to. Um, so I think that that game does like a really good job just with its button layout. And I guess that helps too is like it's on the Switch, which has a lot more buttons than typically, you know, 2D Metroid has seen before. Um, the one thing I would say that I wish it would have did differently is uh, I didn't like the way that the speed boost activated. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of just like, when you run the speed boost activates like on its own kind of like infusion or zero mission i'm hoping that dread maybe changes that instead of like pressing down on the button um in the future but like even that was i think more or less fine um so yeah the way that it optimized the buttons I, I feel like was just like a really really like you know you had to keep your momentum uh which is mm-hmm. which is fantastic um and let's talk i mean speaking of that i mean let's talk about the speed boost that's probably the biggest thing that that metro dread change and again something that i absolutely like i feel like they can't go back to the way that the speed boost used to be with the way that you can run and jump and slide with your speed boost like that was incredible the way and the amount like i'm like a big fan of like the the puzzles that you can get expansions from this was like a really really big selling point and a really big high point of, of metro dread to me yeah like this like being able to run jump all that stuff with speed booster has been something i've always wanted to see in it and Mercury Steam did basically all of that, plus a bit extra. Like the only thing now I want to see is him using speed boost to like run on water or run up walls or something. That would be cool. But I don't know. <laughs> Super Mario action when he I, runs I, up I 100%, he... I 100% agree. That would be yeah, sick. That would be awesome. She's got, this, she's got the spider magnet. You know, she could just stand on the wall and shoot people oh, or run on a wall. I don't know. I think you're onto something, Griff. I think you're, I think you're <laughs> like, what else? Like, what else could be done with the speed booster outside of like running on stuff like that? Like maybe some sort of upgrade to that. I, don't yeah, know. I think that there could be an upgrade to the shine spark going forward. I'm not sure what that is, but like maybe you can activate your shine spark and do different things rather than just like shooting at a bullet or something. 
Maybe there's some room there, but I mean, this speed booster feels like as as damn good as it's probably ever going to feel, which I think is, is another like awesome thing that uh, that this game did. Um, so yeah, uh, and the flash shift, of course, Dak, I know you're a big fan of the flash shift. I think that was also yeah. kind of like a, a game changer, but that wasn't the only um, upgrade that I felt like really, really like helped the, the momentum of this game. Like I think an underrated item is the cross bombs. And like how you can, because you know, there's always those point of metro games where you're where you're in a morph ball, that you're in a tunnel, and you gotta pause. Your lay bomb explodes. You roll forward one block, lay bomb explode, and it kind of takes forever. Where the cross bomb kind of takes care of that, or it can just propel you up. So I see a lot of people talking about the flash shift as a fantastic item, rightfully so. But I think the cross bomb is actually also like pretty pretty awesome. I, I agree. It just comes so late in the game. Yeah, it does. That like the the flash shift you get pretty early, so you really get a lot of time to get comfortable with it and use it a lot more. And I do think it has more utility. Like the crossbombs are really good at what they do, but the flash shift works so well in both combat and extra like uh, exploration. Yeah, it, ha- it has from one place to the other. Quickly. Yeah, if, like if, it, you have a, main... if you have a long hallway, just flash shift, abuse it. Yeah, it was very multifaceted where I feel like crossbombs did like one or two things really well, but only did those two things and don't really have a big like part in combat. It's more so exploration and like streamlining that more, which like we've talked about in all these things we were just mentioning, Dread does a great job of streamlining the Metroid formula, which I think, you know, does have some drawbacks in some ways, maybe, but overall I think it's very positive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the flash shift I think is also more fun. Like Okay, the cross I, bomb. I you're still you're still laying a bomb. You know, like it doesn't really change the gameplay like flow, like the gameplay loop. Whereas flash shift completely changes how you control Samus, what you know you can do with Samus, and I think makes combat like way more frenzied and fun and even strategic at times. So, I mean, I think the flash shift is the best thing they added to Metroid, and it's so cool too. Like they made Samus in this game feel like such a like an awesome like the real space warrior that we know and like has that speed and like dashes around like it's crazy like that like like a manga character really like this anime samus we get um i absolutely love it so i i still think the flash is great but you have a good point i think the cross even the cross bombs like really yeah. change up the formula in a in a good way so well i mean i just like i didn't mean to say that i think they're better than the flash i think the flash shift is oh, like right the the, the best item that it they put in this game. the best addition to the game, although there's plenty of other cool new stuff. At the yeah, the, the crossbombs just do a nice job of, like, streamlining, you know, those instances mm-hmm. where you have to lay a bunch of bombs, and it's like, alright, come on, come on, like, let's get this going. Um, I One thing that I really loved in this game, too, was the storm missiles, which, again, seems like such a simple kind of upgrade, but it felt, again, it kind of felt like when you, when you get them, it's like a complete game-changer in the way that you can fight enemies and stuff like that. Like, I feel like the combat was significantly improved after you get the storm missiles and i again i just like i can't see those ever not coming back you know they made the mm-hmm. secret missiles good yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> and um, it yeah. kind of also acts like the charge beam for the missiles especially if you have to flash shift over an enemy hold the r button it's easier to than using the claw maneuver to hold the shoot button for a charge beam mm-hmm. so you can just hold the r button while you're moving around and once you get into position you can lock on to multiple targets um, I do want to talk really quick uh, because I'm a I'm a homer for for this thing. But one thing that I do love about Metroid Dread, and I don't I wouldn't say it made like a giant leap over previous Metroid games, but I think it really refined what previous Metroid games did here. Is I really like the interactive map like a lot. Um, it's it's easy, it's simple, it's clean, it's very detailed, but only as detailed as you want it to be. Um, and you can like navigate your way through all the different areas really small simple thing but i think that like metroidvania is like 
I play a lot of Metroidvanias, and like if you don't have a good intuitive map, it's really it's really noticeable. It's kind of like when you have it, you don't notice it, but when you don't, you really notice it. So I, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the map of Metroid Dread. Um, but uh, I guess like we should talk about the the big the big hook of Metroid Dread, which is of course the Emmy Zones, and this is what uh, allegedly paused development way back when because they couldn't figure out a good way to implement this kind of uh, uh, gameplay mechanic, I guess you'd say. Um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty cool idea. I think that there's still like more potential there, although I don't think that we'll see these Emmy Zones come back. I do think that uh, you know there, there could have been a little bit more there, but overall, I do think that the idea was really cool. It definitely added some tension, definitely added some urgency, kind of gave you uh, a couple different ways to go about them. You could be stealthy, you could be, although to be honest, I don't know anyone that really is stealthy in these, but uh, I, I don't know. What did we think about that that concept a year later? I think the strategy for going through the zones in general is just bum rush it because I, I try to use the Phantom Cloak, but the enemies always seem to go exactly where I'm standing, and it's just like, Indeed. no, I'm not <laughs> It's like they actually know where you are at all times. It's just they're, they're pretending. But uh, uh, enemies are really cool. Like yeah. it, They're definitely trying to model the... Uh, actually, in a way, that was kind of one of my concerns, in a sense, when Dread was coming out, because all I really had to go off of was the treehouse footage. And, the, of course, the treehouse footage, the players weren't really trying, quote-unquote, to get away. Because they right. could have, because they probably know what the game what the game map is. But it's also just they only had the first two enemies to go off of. And they're, really, and they're basically tutorial areas, really. They're not that challenging, because I'm like, are these... Like, my biggest concern with them is just... the Part of the fear or the dread is you don't know where to go. It's part of the exploration. But the enemies, they don't care at all. Especially since they have these vents that they can go through, and you can't until they're defeated. Mm-hmm. So... First time, it can be tense and scary, but will they be threatening still on repeat playthroughs? And anyone who's replayed the game and had to deal with the speed enemy can tell you, yes, they are still kind of a threat. <laughs> so I'd say they are very effective at what they do, although they can definitely be annoying sometimes. Like and They can just spawn in the exact worst possible place sometimes, right. but that's usually not the norm. So they definitely keep you on your toes. Yeah, I, I think they were a great addition. Obviously, very much an extension evolution uh, of the SAX moments from Metroid Fusion, which are some, I think, the best moments of that game. Hmm. I think I would have preferred almost if the Emmys were not locked to the rooms and could free roam a bit more. I think it would have been number one. It would have led up to the the dread name more if you like. You had no idea. All of a sudden, an Emmy could come out at any time and take you on. Like having that in the back of your head and not knowing when that engagement could happen. I think would have played way more into like the fear factor of the game, though I don't even think there really is much of a fear factor in Dread because of how strong Samus can get. Mm-hmm. Like, in, I remember playing Fusion SAX. I legitimately did not want to get caught. I was like, the Emmys, like, I guess I didn't want to get caught either, but didn't have that same because I knew they were always, I mean, they were always going to be in that room. Of course, the more times you play Fusion, you know where the SAX is also going to show up. But like, I wish in this game there was more of a anything could happen kind of chaoticness to it where the Emmys like could show up at any moment, interrupt you at any time uh, and, and give you like a run for your life when you're in the middle of doing something like, I think that would have played really well thematically into the game. Yeah. But aside from that, I really like the, the introduction of the Emmys. If we see them again, maybe not, they seem like a very one-off kind of game gimmick, but they were a fun gimmick. They added these really cool mini boss battles that were different, very engaging, um, very compelling, I think, and fun. And I wish that, 
they got a bit stronger over time rather than not as like over time i think it becomes a lot easier to deal with them mm. whereas i would have rather them become more challenging that said i i think the emmys were a great addition i just wish they weren't locked into their patrol rooms yeah i agree with you i i think that i wouldn't have necessarily made the emmys themselves like more challenging but i would have made the rooms more challenging like different right like i think that when yeah, you go to when you go to dairon for the first time it's dark uh, right, and I think mm-hmm. that if you had like a dark Emmy room, like that could have been really suspenseful or really engaging, because um, like the Emmy rooms, like the 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 different areas of the planet are vastly different, but the Emmy rooms mm-hmm. do kind of have that same kind of aesthetic. So I think that what what might have made it pop a little bit more is to have more of a unique setting, or maybe there's like one Emmy kind of like you said that roams around the entire area, and we don't have Emmy zones. I understand why we have Emmy zones just in terms of you know the gameplay, but. Yeah, I, I think that that could have been cool too. I don't know if the technology was there or not for that, but um, that could have been... Like I said, I, I think that there's still like promise in this concept, but I don't know if we're going to see that concept come back. And and I think if it doesn't, like I think that we can still look at Metro Dread and say like this is really fun and a really like good part of this game. And, and it could it have been... Um, could it have been... I don't know, better? Yeah, sure. You know, things can always be better, but I do, like, I, I do look back at it fondly, and, and like you said, it does kind of invoke memories of the SAX. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, another thing that oh, I think before that... Before we go ahead real quick, I just wanted yeah, to sorry. say, I don't believe that the Emmys couldn't have been done in the past. I definitely, like, how could an Emmy, like, going from one DS screen to another? How sick <laughs> would that have been? Like, I feel like the Emmy going back and forth would have been so cool. If anything, I think the Emmy rooms would have been more necessary back then on the DS or something, which maybe had less graphical power, less processing, smaller screens, etc. Like yeah. keeping them locked in that area, I think would have made more sense. Now on this game, I would have, I would have hoped it would have been a bit more freeing, but I could definitely see this great, like the gimmick itself, maybe not the Emmys, but what they do coming back in the future. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe in, in prime four, Silex spends the game hunting you down and, and running into randomly throughout the game. You have to deal with them. Like that could be a way for like, I doubt they're going to be Silex rooms. If that's the case, you, you know, um, like, that would be kind of funny if you decide he's not allowed to leave these rooms. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, definitely overall something. I, I um, agree with you. I think, I think it could have worked on the DS. I, I think, I think that to make it work, you would have had to pre-program the routes that the Emmys take. Yes. Yeah, probably how it would have worked. Yeah. But I think that would have been fine. Like I agree. Yeah. So I think the biggest difference between the Emmys and SAX is at the beginning of the Dread, of Metro Dread, you know that there is a way to kill these Emmys. It's in all their zones, and that's the goal, True. to kill them. The mm-hmm. SAX, you could do nothing. Yeah. Hide, no. and if it sees you, run. That's all you could do. And once mm-hmm. you got, yeah. like, the, the, only, the only way is that Adam at some point tells you that the plasma beam might work. But even then, you're still fighting Sam's to full power. That's not an easy foe to take out. Right. So. And the, and that, the Emmys, that's, a, like, that's a great like, point. Yeah, and like another thing is the idea of if the Emmys are able to roam around all like or sometimes come out, that would definitely be cool. But they don't. They'd also have to like design the whole map around the fact that an Emmy could come out right. after you. That's fine. Like, that's fine with me. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like the. It's kind of like I've heard people say that in a fusion remake have like the SAX randomly spawn in rooms, which to me kind of sounds bad in a way because it's like there are some one tile rooms. If the SAX if the SAX is there, then you're kind of screwed because because it's just RNG hoopla. But yeah, I, they, I, they I can make it so that the SX doesn't show up, though. Like yeah. you just like, hey, the SX can't show up in these rooms. It can yeah. only show up in a few of these rooms. If, I think if you, had to, if you had to fight Ridley and an SAX, that would be that would be, <laughs> that'd that'd be, be so awesome. cool. First of all, that'd be It'd sweet. Be, but second of all, yeah. yeah, there's clearly rooms where you're gonna say like, okay, the SAX cannot spawn in this room. Or I don't know if you've ever played Alien Isolation, Griff, but like there are certain points where like the Xenomorph 
doesn't spawn. Like, story events happen, and, like, the Xenomorph is out of commission for a little bit. So, um, you know, he, he's... Like the you, chaser, you get a break. Uh, there's also these, like, chaser ent entities and, like, sometimes the Resident Evil Village. But there are clear rooms that they cannot enter. And you can just stand past doorway yeah. and look at them standing there because they can't go in after you. Yeah, I, I think so that, that that could work. I, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's yeah. a Fusion remake that's coming in the next couple years. And I... I think that we could see that, actually. I think that that could be a big gimmick, because it kind of feels like a way to get another crack at the Emmy Room concept, but also to stay mm -hmm. true to, you know, what they were trying to do with Metroid Fusion. So I think that that's actually a pretty decent possibility. But I do want to segue into something that you were just uh, talking about, Griff, and that is the, the boss battles of this game. And I think that, like, the boss battles were, like, really, really strong. Um, maybe... You could argue that, like, the Ravenbeak battle, I think, might be one of the best in the series, like a top three boss battle in the series. Um, one year later, where, where do we stand on some of these bosses? Uh, we'll start with you, Dak. I, I agree. I think this is some of Metroid's best bosses throughout the entire franchise, like, giving the best much, uh, Metroid bosses of the past to run for their money. Like, this is probably one of Dread's absolute strong suits. Like, almost every boss battle in this game feels like a challenge and a lot of them are very fun like when the Kraid boss battle coming back as one of the ones that like is surpassed by so many other others in the game that's how you know it has a lot of yeah. like strong boss battles like the Kraid boss battle is really good and that's just like a starter boss battle i think compared to the other stuff you end up running into in the game there are definitely some parts where like there's some annoying pattern repetition like just stuff that can be sometimes a bit unfun but i think that happens with a lot of boss designs that's hard to avoid that mm. that mm, said like, like yeah. go ahead it seems to me kind of like Craig was like the first boss that actually challenges you because the first like Corpius, he doesn't deal a whole lot of damage. But then Craig, he can take a good chunk of health off you if you're not careful. You will die because I died a handful of times to Craig first time around. Because oh, yeah. it's probably like the best Craig fight too. That's oh, definitely easily. True. It is definitely the best Craig fight. Yeah, I just replayed the Zero Mission Craig fight and like it's between that and Super and like especially Nestroid. This is by far the best Craig fight. Um, I think like even the worst fight in this game. Which I think, like, people... I think people tend to say Dragaiga is the worst boss fight. Like, the big Kraken water thing. The underwater fight. Yeah. Yes. I think even that one is actually kind of, like, okay. Because it's... It's unique. It's unique, yeah. It's, it's different. Um, it's kind of you versus the water more so than, like, you versus the monster. Mm -hmm. But, well, yeah. Painful, like, I played, like, a Dread playthrough not too long ago. And, like, the uh, the only part of Dragiga that I didn't like is when he spammed, like, in this, like, the second phase. Because you can't kill him in one cycle, no matter what equipment you have on you, for whatever reason. But, mm. like, in the second in the second half, quote-unquote, like, Dragiga can just spam these tentacle attacks underwater. And he just won't do anything else. And it's just like, I can't dodge this. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, there is a grapple point above he can grapple to to avoid... Where Dude, these one with like these three tentacles come at you. It took me so long to, to realize that. that you were supposed to grapple up there to avoid that. Yeah, every yeah. time before, I was just like, how, "Like, am I supposed to just?" Oh, I dodged this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about the story of Metroid Dread. Divisive topic, um, but so I think that if you look at it in a vacuum, I think the story of Metroid Dread is really strong. Kind of a, I, I think that. For me, you kind of have to look at it more as a sequel to Samus Returns with some elements of Metroid Fusion um, to get, like, the most out of this story. Um, and, and I think, importantly, it kind of sets up, like, a lot of really cool opportunities about, like, where we could go next in the series. And, and what, like, the, the title of the series, Metroid, actually means. So, uh, we'll get to you in a sec, Dak, but 
Griff, what do you think of the the story of Metroid Dread? We've we've kind of had some differing opinions over over the last year on on what ultimately unfolded. With you know, with with time to to sit and cook on it, what do you where do you come out on this story? It's unfortunate that the story just decides to stop and put a bunch of questions out there at the very end, the last minute. And for things we don't even know if any of these will be answered again. Like like a granted quiet robe. That thing with him and his ex helping Samus, that would probably remain a mystery because that's probably the point. But other things, like Samus is part, like the Thohawk can control the Metroids, but Samus is part Machin, and that's why she remembered her DNA weakened, and that's probably why it's given to her in the first place because it's sort of, this is why the Metroids attacked her throughout the series, which is also Thohawk. Should she control them? Maybe that's because they are going to be answered later, and this is just things to think about until then, but. Like, that's, like, the biggest stuff. that They just drop a bunch on you at the very end of the game, and we don't even know if they'll be answered at all. Although, it's just some stuff to think about, but, like, in a way, the story was probably my biggest concern when Dread was coming out, just in the sense of, there's a bunch of, like, this is the first 2D game in a long time, end of a story arc. There's Chozo here for the first time in the game. It's also apparently baggage from other games you're carrying in. How are they going to balance a story like this, like, on top of the gameplay and exploration people want and expect from Metroid? And I like their their solution was just an expedition drop in the beginning, middle, and end, like a Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> and like the, the the thing in the middle with the Quiet Robe, I'm just like, yes, I'm here for this. Give me more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the Ravenbeak stuff at the end, that was definitely plenty of bombs dropped. But it's just a bunch of things that like, huh? It, like, are any of this being answered? And of course, it's also the Federation side of things where they definitely exist. They're definitely a thing that are around. But there's stuff from Fusion where it's just not really brought up, although it's kind of hinted, sort of, with Adam, where it's like, this mission, isn't the pay isn't appropriate, the risk outweighs the reward. And and there's like the Emmy, or like they're named after the abilities they have. So, were they created by the Federation for a specific purpose? To like, Of course, some people think maybe they were designed specifically to get Samus' Metro DNA. I don't know, mm. but it's unfortunate the Federation plot wasn't carried over in any meaningful way, but then again, the Chosen would have overshadowed that anyway. <laughs> Just because it's been a long time coming for any major Chozo thing to appear, because like how it was for me, I'm like, Emmy, who cares? Who's out Chozo guy? <laughs> right. So like, I the story is definitely enjoyable. I I just wish there was a bit like there was a bit too much dropped at us at the end. I guess it's it's kind of hard to finalize my thoughts on that because we don't even know if they'll even continue that stuff. Or it'll just be like, here's a new plot. Wait, Chozo, Rivenbeak, who? Who who who, who, who cares about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, yeah, I think the the story is probably. I mean, it's, I mean, I think the thing that really took didn't allow me to really fully get immersed into Dread was the lack of a story I enjoyed and a soundtrack I enjoyed. Those two things. The gameplay great, graphics great, but the soundtrack, the, the OST, and the story really lacked for me. And I think, I grip. I think you nailed everything because, like, yeah, there's so much stuff that's introduced in this game, especially at the end of the game that it there's almost really too much because the game is simultaneously trying to be an entry point for new players and wrap up stuff from previous games and introduce completely new things that are both wrapped up in this game and also extended for however long past this game i think there's almost i think it's trying to do too much obviously some of this comes into my personal bias of i wanted a fusion sequel in terms of story and it's very much a fusion sequel in terms of timeline but very much so like you said andy a sequel to samus returns Mm. which is not really what i wanted so i wasn't interested in a lot of the new stuff i'm not really like the whole once they start getting into the nonsense of like 
Samus's DNA and it controlling the Metroids and Raven Beak. I'm like, oh, this is like not what I'm here for. Like, as much as Metroid has a lot of like sci fantasy stuff to it, science fantasy to it, I still always felt the the story itself for the most part felt grounded. Like, there's a viral outbreak on a ship, got to deal with it. There's a planet you have to explore. There's monsters on it. You know, you have your space. But like, for the most part, always felt kind of grounded. And then when you start getting into like the family stuff and and all these different like influences in the game and stuff that's completely introduced in this game and nowhere else. I, that's where it really lost me. And then right. structurally uh, how the game like hits you with a ton of information at once and then nothing. And then a ton of information in the middle and then nothing. And then a ton of information at the end. There's no like, you know, and I've said this all this before on the show, so this is nothing new. I still pretty much how I feel about the game. Right. You know, there's no kind of recap at the end, no like reflection. Samus as a character is very two dimensional. She's super cool. She's awesome. She's really cool to watch. She's she takes no like you know doesn't back down. She's this is the Samus I like, but it's missing that humanness. I think that I really liked from Samus that we got in Fusion. I don't think Samus I, Fusion would. <laughs> Samus Fusion was told the Federation was going to capture the F. She immediately threw them under the bus. She's like, "What are you stupid?" <laughs> what are yeah, you doing like, this like Samus very much felt like a real individual with a real personality and here Samus has cool reactions to stuff and is a badass but I lost that humanity of her character that self-reflection that I really enjoyed as right. well as her connection with Adam which is non-existent in this game too and then of course all the side of you know there's no Federation stuff like I would have rather seen the Federation plot continued and then do the Chozo stuff you can't really do both Griff is totally right the, the Chozo right. stuff was always going to overshadow it I just think it was trying to accomplish too much, introduce too many things, bring back too many things. It didn't really know what it was. Is it supposed to be a sequel, like really for the story previously? Is it supposed to be a new entry point? Is it supposed to make the asset of the parts of the Metroid story accessible? Is it supposed to build on that? I never really, never felt that it really knew what it was wanting to do in terms of story. And for that reason, I wasn't a big fan of it. Right. And you know what? I, I've defended the story of Metroid Dread in the past, and I will again, but I think that what you just said is fair, both of you. Um, particularly with the pacing of the story, there is yeah. there is a lot at the beginning, a lot in the middle, and a lot at the end. And I think that it would have behooved them to maybe break it down into, like, mm -hmm. even five acts instead of, Spread like, three. Spread it out. Yeah. I, I think that that would have went a little bit of a way, or a longer way. I do... I do think that the Adam stuff missed in hindsight. Um, like, I, I think that the reveal of, of Adam as Ravenbeak was kind of... Uh, that was cheesy. Yeah, was like, it was just kind of like... <laughs> it just seemed like uh, not to make sense. Like, because like, throughout the whole game, I never, ever thought that I was talking to anybody but Adam. Like, like ever. Right? And, like, at the end, when he, he kind of started talking in a little bit of a different way, like... You, you will submit or something like that. And I was like, that's yeah, weird. I, like, I actually thought that Adam was like a bad guy. I thought he was the bad guy. And it, when it was Ravenbeak, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, well, it's his planet, so. I I mean, I guess, but he was just kind of like, yeah. Um, I do think that aside from that, though, like uh, the story to me was, was fairly... It's fairly straightforward, fairly simple. I, I know that there's definitely some people that are muddied on the... Like the dna part at the end but i i mean i think i got a fairly good handle on it so samus was infused with Makin d so there's two chozo tribes Makin and thoha thoha control the metroids Makin are warriors uh samus has Makin dna which reacts to metroids 
Quiet Robe was left alive because he can control Metroids. I mean, I guess as I'm saying this, it sounds like... You're saying this, like, bro, this is nonsense. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I, like, I feel like in the context of the game, I when they were explaining it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Samus has Machin DNA. That's fine. Samus also has Metroid DNA. That's fine. Um, and, and I feel like I was like, yeah, this is, this is fine to me. I do agree. I think it would have been nice to make mention of the Federation uh, plot. I'm not upset that they didn't do that plot in this game because I do think that there's still opportunity to do that, particularly with what you said, Griff. Like, we know that the uh, there is a corporation called Excellion who made the Emmys. What's their deal? Do they work for the Federation? I think that that still has an opportunity to be addressed. Um, is it too little, too late? It depends on who you ask, but I, I think that it would be fine. But as um, long as Samus, as long as Samus has Metro DNA in her body, people are going to come after it. Well, like, that that's she, the like, big key, I think. That's I think where if, they really want to go with the Federation point and say like, who cares okay, now Samus warrior. is full yeah. Metroid. Like we got to go after her. So in that, like, well, first of all, I think the reveal of Samus in her Metroid suit was like so awesome. That was so badass when that happened. Um, and I do think that that opens up some really interesting opportunities for the next game, and particularly if you want to jump. Uh, jumpstart that federation storyline what better way than like you got a living metroid in samus um but i i do think that it's fair what what you guys said i i do like i i wouldn't rank this among the best stories in the metroid series but i think at the same time in metroid like the simplest stories are often the best and this was a complicated story there's a lot of stuff that that went down and and i don't necessarily disagree with your assessment dak where it was it was serving a lot of masters here and maybe Maybe instead of going like a hundred percent in you know the one direction, it kind of did like seventy percent in a in a couple different directions, you know. Yeah, I no, think I that's agree. I think that's fair. Um, needed the stand visor. Yeah, that would have changed. You know what? We've talked about this forever, bro. Two D Metroid really should have a scan visor. Really like, should. Press like press like left on the D pad, activate the scan visor, hold the free aim, and then scan it whatever you're looking at. I, I agree, but it wouldn't have solved, I think, this game's problems. No, because the lore, the lore, the lore, the, I mean, the, you know, that visor, the scan visor really is just complementary to the main story. But if you have, if you make it a requirement to understand what's happening or make it more enjoyable, a lot of people are not going to, are going to be kind of locked out of that. Right. If Nakamoto wants to make a 30 hour plus 2D Metroid epic, I'm all for it. <laughs> if it's just more of an chosen stuff, I guess, but whatever. Um, all right, so so we're kind of talking about some, you know, we were talking about the story that my ne my next topic was things that maybe the next Metroid game, 2D or even Prime or whatever, could could learn from Metroid Dread in terms of improving maybe some areas that Metroid Dread didn't, you know, exactly knock it out of the park. I think that story we've talked about, I think that um, the general consensus among Metroid fans is that uh, music is a weakness of Metroid Dread. Uh, which which I would agree. I don't think it's as god awful as everyone else thinks, but I I'm also not going to sit here and say that I think it's a strength of this game. Um, I do think that it could have used a remix or two. I think that would have maybe helped it. And the remixes that were in the game were the wrong ones because we've heard a million Red Brinstar remixes and we've heard you know just like a lot of that before. I think that like some kind of remix maybe in like the the water area or the forest area would have helped those areas stand out a little bit. I do think that, uh, I thought that that was a weakness in Samus Returns as well was a soundtrack. And I think unfortunately that carried over to Metroid Dread. So I don't know if that's just a Mercury Steam thing or what, but uh, definitely something that they should look at in the, in the future. The Samus Returns, I think part of the music thing was just kind of another aspect of 
the game's major issues are that it's a Metro 2 remake, sort of. They have to kind of adhere to some of the Metro 2 structures and some like most of Metro 2 soundtrack was ambient stuff. No, you know what? I, I don't buy that actually, because I think that Metro 2 has a really good soundtrack for being on the Game Boy. And then you look at AM2R, that game has like a just incredible soundtrack. And a lot of that is AM2R soundtrack is more closely based on the original Game Boy soundtrack um than than Samus Returns was. I played original Met- I played Metro 2, I think, two times. I remember the surface, the final area, and the Queen boss fight and the baby music. That's mm. like four songs. So I remember on top of my head from Metro That's two. four songs more than I remember from Metro Dread, so <laughs> What's the matter? You don't I remember like the Dyron theme? Oh no, nah, you're right. I do remember that, <laughs> unfortunately. I like the soundtrack, but I definitely understand why people aren't necessarily fond of it. Yeah. There's plenty of songs I've jammed out to, but you know, that's just me. No bangers. No, I think not it's one I think banger. It's, I think for the game, like on scale, like if we're talking like relative, I think Dread is the worst soundtrack for its game. Like for being a Switch game in 2022 or 2021. I think it has the worst soundtrack for a Metroid game. I can excuse older games for not having as good of a soundtrack because they're older and whatever device they were made on, but Dread should not have as bad of a soundtrack as it does. So now that's that's well, probably so, the that's probably the biggest thing I would want to improve here. So Other M's Ridley theme automatically catapults the entirety of that game's soundtrack above whatever Dread has. I mean, yeah, Other M. I mean, look, I'll give it's fine. I'll give Other yeah. M a lot of crap, but one place it doesn't slack is the music. So I think there's actually a good amount of music on that OST. It's probably, aside from the cool finishing moves, the the one thing that's good about the game. All right, so I... I, I don't think Other M's music is bad, necessarily, but a lot of the songs for that is just more atmospheric, ambient, yeah. ambient stuff, which is, oh, another complaint I've heard about <laughs> soundtrack. But it's I, good I think ambient. I'm willing to say to you guys right here, and you can, you can dump all... Dax's ready to jump on this already. But I think that uh, I would say I? that Dread Soundtrack is better than Samus Returns, better and... than Federation Force, and better mm-hmm. than Hunters. Oh. Yeah, um, I agree with two of those. But um, even saying, I, they, from what the, from the bar that we better. expect from Metroid, yeah, that's obviously not uh, not the highest praise when we're, when we're talking about they're which They're different themes, though. Than. There are different styles, though. I think Hunters is trying to achieve something differently with its music than yeah, that's what Hunters. Is. There's like the there, there, like, two Arc themes are really cool. I like the Alinos theme. Slunch has a really actually pretty cool boss theme if you've ever listened to it. The two Gorilla themes are actually pretty good, although the first phase is a remix of all the Bounty Hunter themes because is using their powers, and then the final boss, final phase is like the Prime Core Essence theme, but just kind of remixed a little bit. But mm. there's plenty of there's plenty of songs that are from Hunters that I've recognized and I think I've done. Yeah, I, and I'm not trying to dump on Hunters, but like I look yeah. at the Dread soundtrack and I'm like, all right, I love the Emmy theme. Like it's intense. It's it's kind of creepy. I love the Arteria theme. Um, both of them actually, when it's the regular one and when it's Frozen. Um, I think that I, I kind of like the Diron theme. I know that you don't like it, but I do. Um, I do think that the the Emmy Zone theme is like quiet and creepy, but I think that it kind of adds to that that area. Um, and I think the Ravenbeak theme is awesome. So, you know, it's it's not like it's full of, like, stinkers. There are a couple bangers in there, but that, that's the most I'm going to defend this soundtrack. All right. I like, Fair enough. Fair enough. Ferenia's aesthetic and its music theme is probably, like, my favorite area in the game. I love Ferenia's music and overall aesthetic. Yeah, actually, you're right. Fren- and that was the, the trailer music, I believe, is the Ferenia theme. There's like, a, there's like five seconds of it, and then it went into like the experiment boss theme, which is another really good song that I like at the least. I I just 
overall, I think would really like for me, Dread is not a full package game. I think it has the best two. I think it has the best gameplay of any 2D Metroid. And I think some people would even argue it has the best gameplay of any Metroid. But obviously, I'm a big I'm a bigger fan of the 3D game. So mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to lean. I think just Dread falls short of being that full package game because it doesn't have the story or music aspect for me. So no matter how good the gameplay is, it's not a game I like am dying to go back to all time. It was very much a game that I played. I was like, that was a lot of fun. That was great. Right. I didn't really have much interest aside from when Boss Rush mode came out. And even then, very limited. And not much interest really in going back and playing the game. Um, I think Prime 1's story is probably, in a way, the best example of Samus and the player as one entity going completely into the unknown. And the whole story is just you and the player, player and mm-hmm. Samus exploring. Like that's the story because it's like all you and the Samus know going into the game is that first sentence: an unidentified distress and the distress signal has been detected from a derelict space station over Titan Four. That's all you know. The rest of the game is just exploring everything and finding out what the real threat is, what's going on, what you need to do, etc. Same kind of deal in Prime Two and Three. And the right. dread is just kind of just things happen. Samus reacts to it, even though she does cool stuff. She's not a complete pushover, but. It's not. Quite, she doesn't have quite the same agency as the other games mm-hmm. in, in a way, despite it being freeform and uh, like it not like it is very linear for the first like fourth third of it. And although for Fusion, it's like part of the gameplay story connection is that as you gain your abilities back, you're also slowly building up your agency. You see the SAX roaming around, you're like, "That's me. I want that." And then once you get enough abilities, you start going off on your own. Like when the power goes out in the elevator and you get space jump, you go to sector two. Adam doesn't necessarily like that as well. But nothing like that is really in dread in a way. I think that there's some sort of significant gameplay story connection. If that makes any sense, it's not that I can yeah. think of it off the top of my head. No, that's, I, I, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't agree with it being a linear game. I think that the pacing of Metro Dread is so good that you just kind of get that feeling where like you're you're not lost. Whereas I, mean, like, I think first, that if you're like playing first... other Metroid games, you can easily kind of get turned around and stuck and lost and stuff like that, and, and it might seem more. I don't know, open-ended or something like that. Like, if you're playing Super Metroid for the first time, you're going to get lost, right? Like, for sure. Um, Whereas if you're playing Metroid Dread, I think that that game does such a good job of, like, kind of giving you subliminal clues of, like, where to go from point A to B to C that, like, you don't really get that. So I I think that that could be maybe why you feel, like, a little bit more like a straightforward path. I I do want to bring up one more thing, actually, before we kind of move on from this entirely. Because I do think that Metroid Dread has one thing in hindsight that I wish it would have done, and it didn't. And that was include a boss battle with an Emmy. And for a long time, I thought that it was going to be a Ridley Emmy. But I think that even when you get to the final powerbomb Emmy, and he kind of comes in and, and you awaken your Metroid ability, I really wish that you could fight that Emmy versus like another spear Chozo warrior thing. I mm-hmm. think that that was, uh, in hindsight, something that I just, I wish that they, I wish they could have got that, uh, I wish they could have got that Emmy fight like- in there. Like I, 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 in a way, I kind of agree with you, but that cutscene of Samus using her a Metroid power to drain something—that's like my favorite, like probably my favorite cutscene in the game. Yeah, it was awesome. Out of all, it was awesome. <laughs> like all the time, Samus is dealt with the Metroid. She's using their power, and that Mammy's have been heckling you the whole game. And it's like, how do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> and although one thing, just go back real for a little bit. It's like Metroid Dread's only really rel- linear for like the first fourth or third of the game because it's like once you get the Spider Magnet, there are these like two doors that lock. And you have to go fight Corpius. And once you get cor- fight Corpius and you have Phantom Cloak, there's this end key fire plant. And it's blocking your path. And you can't go back. You must go to Catters. And it's like, until you get, like, I think, like, Speed Boost, like, not Speed Booster, like, Various Suit, Diffusion Beam, then you can kind of explore around. Because I remember in my first playthrough, there's a point 
probably just went around for like an hour over previous areas looking around for things and then i eventually decided to move on hmm. so it's like it's definitely forcefully linear for like the first third but then eventually it starts to open up and there is definitely subtle clues of like when i was in ferenia and did everything there and i'm like i have the space jump and star missiles now the only way forward is through cold rooms so i guess i gotta go back to like ferenia it's buried in water but i haven't really well I, there's nowhere else to go so let's go down there and i got gravity suit and it's like actually like you know how like in metroid 2 prime 2 you get gravity boost get gravity boost by going through so much water and then you almost immediately leave dread mm-hmm. is literally worse because you get the gravity suit and you and like five seconds later you're out of the water and you don't come back <laughs> like you only go back that way to fight the chosen soldiers to go to gathering and you never go back to Beridia ever again <clears throat> at least right. in terms of the initial route which like hmm, that's kind of an interesting path but although well, going I mean, through water and getting very gravity very suit, late in this game very late <laughs> Going through the water and getting the gravity set on my finally, I'm liberated. All right, let's, move on. let's talk about Metro Dread's legacy here because we're you know we're one we're one year removed. We can we can start talking about the legacy of this game. We know that it's the best selling Metro game, um, surely over three million copies at this point. Which I mean doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but for this series on this system with this publisher, you know it's it's a pretty big achievement. So. I think that we can say that Metroid Dread did create a lot of new fans, a lot of new Metroid fans. Maybe not as many as we had hoped, because I, I I do think that maybe we were hoping for a little bit of a bigger number sales-wise. But, you know, I, I think that the number that it did is still incredibly impressive. It's, it's outsold Xenoblade, it's outsold Fire Emblem, it's outsold a lot of other Nintendo series. So, you know, I'm not trying to say, like, the Metroid Dread uh, game did not perform well. It certainly did. So I think that it's safe to say it made a lot of new Metroid fans. And, you know, I, I think that after Dread came out, we were kind of just, like, really excited for the Metroid series and its positioning and stuff like that. And um, one year later, I would say that I think that that still rings true. I do wonder, or I do hope that Nintendo releases something soon just to kind of keep that momentum going. We've heard forever that Metroid Prime was going to be coming out. Um... And I think that that's still a probability. I think that that game has to come out soon. So I'm really hoping that they can kind of get that out soon or a Fusion remake or maybe even Metroid 6. Like something, let's keep the momentum going. I do feel good about what Dread did for the Metroid community and for the Metroid franchise as a whole. I think that the standing is definitely definitely in a good spot right now. But I do, I do want to see it kind of like continue. Like after Metroid Prime came out, and that was the best-selling Metroid title game at the time. It felt like we had a lot of Metroid stuff. Like, we had Prime 2 two years later, and then we had Zero Mission, and then we had Hunters, and then we had Pinball. and then So I want to see, you know, something going. I know that we have Prime 4 in the cook, you know, in the oven, and it's getting worked on. It's probably going to get showed off sometime this year. But I do want to see them continue with something to, you know, to kind of keep the, again, like like we talked about at the beginning, keep the momentum going. I like yeah, I it, hasn't been, it hasn't even been a year yet, and we have two Figma action figures coming out. Like one, we know what it looks like, and the Emmy's coming out after that. And it's like we got merch already. Yes. Yeah, but you know that, that's <laughs> not like I feel like that's not like, Nintendo stuff. You know, like I want Nintendo to be like, okay, Metroid Metroid Dread did awesome. Let's keep it going. You know. Yeah, I I wish that. I mean, look, I'll, at the end of the day, Metroid Dread, fantastic game, and I think it was really important for. Nintendo in terms of like, hey, there's still a fan base for this game that really like, do I think this game really created a ton of new Metroid fans? I don't think so. 
I think a majority of the people who got this game were already Metroid fans. But this game, I think, did fantastic. It's, you know, it's a it's a top-selling Switch game. Is it one of the best-selling Switch games of all time? No. I think it's in the top 50, but not much farther into that. But, like, I mean, it did, did better than Mario Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which is getting a sequel soon. Really? It's done better than... Yeah, Mario and King. Uh, I mean, oh, as I mean, I didn't that's sold that. around two million. Wow. And I mean, I'm looking at Wikipedia. It says as of as as of September, what is it? September something, 2018. It sold two million copies. But the game had been out for a year already at that point. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's picked up another million copies. I mean, maybe it has, but like, still, it's done better than that game on this list. It's done better than you know the new Mario Strikers game, right? Uh, Xenoblade multiple times, like. So it's definitely sold. I think they did. I think they did a pretty solid job making it seem like a big deal, though. I do think some of the marketing was a bit confused at times. And I think at the end of the day, it's like a it's a smaller 2D game for the switch. I don't think it's ever going to be treated as a massive gaming experience. I think this was very much a game that was for the Metroid fans. And then they also tried to work it to be accessible to new people. But it was very much for the Metroid fans. And that's right there in the name. I think in that way, it was a very important game. I mean, it showed that there's still hype for the franchise, but that is one thing that worries me that there isn't that like full steam aheadness to Metroid and like pushing more Metroid or to Nintendo to pushing more Metroid. Like they had, they updated the game, they added boss rush mode, but like no DLC, no real kind of news for a new Metroid game. Like it doesn't, it feels like that hype that was there was great. Like it was a great game and then people moved on. And I wish that there was more follow through. Mm-hmm. That was evident from Nintendo. So I definitely agree with you there. But I yeah. mean, Metroid Dread really nailed it. It came back and it brought Samus back. It brought the franchise back. Like it was, for the most part, not an entirely safe game like Samus Returns was. It it definitely changed up the formula in a lot of ways. And overall, it was a really fun experience and is a, is a definitely a highlight of the system. And of course, it's never going to be like a massive Mario or Pokemon or Animal Crossing or Zelda release. But I think it did really well by its fans, and it also, I think, opened up the franchise even a little bit to new players. I, I hope that Nintendo can build on it more. And it's also, honestly, I think it's great because, I mean, Metroid Dread, I think, still is, even a year later, looked upon by most people as a really solid entry and hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, that hasn't waned over time. And Nintendo sells a lot of games. Metroid is not like a live service game. Of course, a year later, like, it's not going to be the talk of the town anymore. But definitely still a great game worth revisiting i think they did a great job with bringing metroid back and making it modern and i i just hope they can follow through yeah you know we're, we're over a year beyond and we really don't know what's next for metroid and maybe, maybe that's fine like maybe you don't need releases to know. wasn't a realistic expectation but i i did kind of hope no. that they would release something in 2022 no yeah but like i would at least want to know by now what's coming up next yeah you know and i would have been how i would have been down for a little bit of dlc but i i'm okay that what we got with metroid is the like the package like we paid for it we got the game a full game that doesn't happen often these days so i'm happy with that i'm just hoping that they can follow up the hype soon with and i think they're still in that window too you know if we get some new metroid news within like two years of dreads release i think that's totally fine i think that's gonna be prime for so I think there's still the opportunity to do that, and so far I'm happy with how. Th- I mean, Metroid Dread came out like that's that yeah, and incredible. Day, no matter if it's not perfect, it's still an incredible thing that it came back and it's even called that. So I'm happy with that. I remember one of these like I some IGN podcast whatever. I was like they had like Amran Khan. I think he's like senior editor or something like that, Game Informer. Something he said I remember where it's like the Dread do, do I sell well? Absolutely. Like unless it's like a 
triple like A Call copies. of Duty. Yeah, yeah right. unless, it's like, unless, it's, unless it's like some triple A Call of Duty game, three million copies almost is like fantastic for basically any game. However, Dread is not the Vanity Project. That would be Metroid Prime Four, since just how much time they spent on developing it, it switched developers, etc. So that game, there'll be a lot riding on Prime Four, I'm sure. But for Dread, it did fantastic, and I, of course, I don't know what Nintendo's expectations were. I've heard they're they're very happy with it. I figure anyone would be, but this game. You know, I just did some I quick math. This game, if it sold three million copies for sixty U.S. dollars, has made like two hundred million dollars. I I think that when you consider the size of Mercury Steam, you're doing pretty good. I that's that's I think that's the biggest thing. Like it wasn't developed by a massive developer. It was right. developed by a developer that doesn't have a ton of games under their belt. That's very small to sell three million copies of anything to outsell new Pokemon Snap to outsell, you know, a Xenoblade game, Mario, like all these kinds of massive games on a franchise that does not come out very often. Like that's, that's saying a lot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to tell you, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles three. It's very fun. I played a little bit of it before. I just haven't got back to it yet. Uh, like, I, I was I, waiting for I, dad I played... to just turn his camera off as I said that. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, maybe maybe let's end off with uh, like a real rapid fire, quick thing because uh, we got to wrap it up here. Where does Metroid Dread rank among your favorite Metroid games? I think for me, with the flaws that we discussed, I think that I'd say it's a top three. I think I could say top three game behind like Super and Prime. Griff, what about I'd, you? I'd say it's probably my top five, although I haven't really played it in that many times. So not as many times as Prime One or Super or Zero Mission or Fusion, because right. those two are like my top four right there. Dread would probably be number five. But I've kind of have to play it a bit more, but I but now that I started playing. I played a hard mode. I tried a hundred percent playthrough for hard mode. I haven't done it yet. To just my primary objective was for the get all the endings, and I kind of like I, I like I missed like one item in Ferenia. I don't know where it is. Then I missed a loon, and I'm just like I got I got to beat the game. I got to go. <laughs> but I, I I had a lot of fun, and then now I, and I'm going through another playthrough right now, and it's just like it's a lot of fun to play, which is like the thing I knew from the get go. This gameplay looks great. I right. knew it was gonna be fun to play, so it's definitely up there because like I still, still want to get back to it. <laughs> uh, this is for me. Very difficult because Metroid has always been a game series of high quality, right? And to rank some of the other games below others has never been a mark of like, it's not good. It's just been, there mm-hmm. are so many really good Metroid games that the top gets crowded. You know, it really does. I think Dread, I think it's Dread is still a game that will grow on me over time. I've had so many years with my favorite Metroid games. You know, I grew up playing Prime. I grew up playing Fusion. I start playing J- uh, Dread as a jaded adult. You know, uh, with many more options available to me um, in a different mindset, a different time in my life. I don't know if it'll, I don't know, like Metroid Prime 4 may, might do it, but like Metroid Prime Fusion 2, Metroid Prime 2, Metroid Prime 3, Zero Mission, Hunters. I think those games would, you'd have to have a really like almost perfect game to like really knock those off the top for me. I mm. think realistically though, like I would still put, fusion prime and like zero mission above dread and then i think two also i could see dread being a top five like at fifth spot for me but the same you know i love hunters but i think dread's probably the better game 
Um, and then corruption, I actually really like. That's a really hard toss up. I think I'd mm-hmm. still give it a corruption, barely edging it out. Well, like, so, like that's top, the thing. Like the top six, seven, eight games in Metroid are just like, which is the least good? Like, comparing a 98 to 97. Yeah. But even then, it's like hard to say which is the least good. I think it really comes down to personal preference. Because, like, do you prefer 2D to 3D? Do you prefer this style? Like, do you prefer like super. And, you know, and like maybe even zero mission versus like fusion or dread like th- those are mm-hmm. i think comparisons that ultimately make it such a toss-up obviously i love like hunters and that gets th- you know throws a wrench in there zero mission i mean fusion and zero mission i think still are easily my favorite 2d metroids um but i also again grew up with those it's hard to get right. out of those biases from what you grew up with and that's why i'm hoping like metro prime 4 knocks out of the water for me as a full package but I yeah i could say it's in a five or six split spot for me I've noticed a sentiment where people have played, like, they've beaten, like, Super Metroid, Zero Mission, Prime 1, and it just wasn't for them. But then they played Samus Returns, and they loved it. Yeah. So. Well, I, I agree with what you said. I think, like, the top... Because, you know, we do these kind of lists in, on the Zelda side, too, all the time. And I, and I think, like, you know, I, I, that's a those are two series I'm deeply involved in. I think with Zelda, like, there's very distinct tiers of, like, these are the great games, these are the pretty good games, these are the not-so-good games. Where, like, I think mm-hmm. Metroid is, like... The bulk, like, 80%, you could say, like, here are, like, the top-tier games and arrange them in whatever way that you like best. And, like, here are maybe some yeah. games that objectively don't hit as hard as, as the other games. And that list is small, and it, and it comes, you know, it's, it's like your other M's or your Federation Forces or whatever. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, I think the Dread was definitely an important game for the series. It's a, It seems like a miracle that it happened. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've played... A lot of a lot of dread. I kind of have a soft spot for dread because that's what kind of inspired me to you know to go full bore with like making a website and like writing a guide. And I'd never really done that before. So like I played a lot of it. I, I studied the map and recreated the map a lot. So I, I kind of have a little bit of love for for Metroid Dread in a in a personal manner. So it's uh you know it, it's a good one. It's a good one for me. So um yeah that there we go. One year later. Metroid Dread still feels unreal to uh, to say that this game exists, but it's been know, a if, long year. Yeah, it tells me <laughs> it's been a long because it feels like it came, if well, like it feels like it I, to me, it almost feels like Dread didn't come out a year ago. It almost feels like it's been out for a couple years, but I think that's just just how time both feels as an adult feels like it's moving fast, but because of the state of the yes. world has been moving slow. So I remember history when, like, I remember like the Assassin's Creed 10 year anniversary was announced. And I'm like, has it been out longer than that? <laughs> it feels like it's been out forever. Yeah, like, well, it just depends on what she was talking about. Yeah, I used to be a big Assassin's Creed fan once upon a time, but anyways. I played up until I like Brotherhood and I got burnt out. Haven't gone back since, even though I've heard good things about like Black Flag. Black like Flag was actually really good. I definitely what recommend was, checking That's that where out. I stopped too. That's I played, uh, I played, what was the one after Brotherhood? The one with. Three? I don't know. There was there was three Ezio games, and I played them all. And then I played Assassin. Oh, I played Assassin's Creed Three. Actually, you're right. And then I was like, all right, this is enough. I don't need to play anymore. But anyway, that's for uh, another day. Revelations was the one after. Yes, Brotherhood. Revelations. And then three, and then three. Yeah. So wow, um, there's a lot of Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's outrageous. There's so many. Of those there's games. a lot. I they actually came out pretty much almost once every year, two years. That's kind of wild. Yeah. I didn't play like Syndicate, yeah. Origins, Unity, Rogue, Odyssey, Valhalla. And those Jesus. ones about Vikings. That's like, are you sure this is about Assassins and Templars anymore? I, I was, I was like, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Like you got to slow the, down. Spin offs. Like there's all these different. Dude, yes. Too much of a good thing. Um, and we had a lot of a good thing on this podcast, Griff. Thanks for joining us uh, to talk Metroid Dread today. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's nice to finally get around and talk about Metroid stuff for once. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, whenever we do question and, and answer shows, uh, Griff is a big part of that. 
And of course, he joined our Omega staff and has been knocking it out of the park for uh, for the what has it been? Almost eight months now. So um, yeah, we we love to finally get you on. Metroid Dread, one-year anniversary. If you haven't played it in a while, go and replay it. Uh, enjoy that game um, and, you know, just revel in the fact that Metroid Dread exists. Um, that is going to do it for us. We are going to get out of here. Uh, we want you to, of course, check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. Check me out at Spateri316. Dak is at DakCity underscore. And Griff is at AccursedHunter01. And uh, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, leave us that sweet, sweet five-star review. That would be fantastic. And, of course... Check out OmegaMetroid.com. Maps, guides, if you have one item left in Frenia but you don't know where it is, OmegaMetroid.com. So check that out. We will see you guys next week, everybody. Take care.